destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Destroy All Children, the podcast. I am your host, Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle. We're here. It's another week. Uh, th- things yeah. happened. There. Did they? I mean, not for me personally. There's like a. A movie came out, and uh, I played a Sega CD game that wasn't so good, and uh, that's pretty much been my week. Okay, well, nothing happened for me, really. Uh, I got mad at the Criterion Channel app again. Oh no, what they do this time? Nothing! Nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing, that's the problem. Show me on the app where they hurt you. Offline viewing is still broken. We're about, it's not, it hasn't been a full year yet, because I haven't been charged again, I don't think. Uh, But it's still the same problem that was before, where, uh, well, for one thing, searching for things in that app is real bad. I enjoy when I can search for the exact title of a movie, and it does not come up, and then I have to tab over to collections instead of videos, and then there's a collection with that movie, and is just that movie and maybe a trailer, but it mm. won't show up in the normal search anyway. So you can download things to watch offline, supposedly, except at least on iOS, I'm using an iPad Air 2. I actually don't know if you can even download stuff on Android devices, because... I know Netflix, I think Hulu also restrict it to iOS devices only, so you can't just rip the files out of it, I guess. Um, but, like, every five minutes, the video will pause, and it pauses for a few seconds before it resumes. Hmm. And I assume that's because it's searching for an internet connection or something. Very annoying. Uh, at least that is progress over what used to do, which is where every five minutes it would just pause forever, and you would have to force close the app and reopen it to watch another five minutes. It's impressive that their app is this bad when their actual like physical releases tend to be so good. Yeah. yeah I yeah. care put into one of those, and the other one still seems like they're trying to figure that out. Well, I, look, I, they're I, new to this. Sure. I had a similar, like, not precisely the same thing, but also disappointed that I couldn't get at some good movies uh, earlier today. I, I went to the store and got myself something to, to something nice to eat. Uh, and I passed by a red box, which is still a thing mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, and I noticed on the, on the little, like, display they had the lighthouse. And so I was like, oh, I've been wanting to see that for a while, and I didn't quite know what the best way to get at that would be, but here it is, the lighthouse. Uh, And I 
started punching around on the kiosk and they don't have a listing for it at all despite it being displayed on the side and so then i noticed dr sleep and i was like hey okay that's also a movie that seems like it might actually be pretty good and they don't have that either (laughs) they have like actually 10 movies even listed on that kiosk and of course they had like the entire side of that display just filled top to bottom with movies like two-thirds of them were not even available on that thing i didn't know the lighthouse was out on blu-ray actually it, it to be fair it might have just been like a dvd release i'm not sure i couldn't check because again not in the actual kiosk yeah so great yeah I drove around for a while looking for another one, actually. I mean, there's a thing you <laughs> can just like, like enter your zip code and it will show you all the red boxes. I, I had to go to a gas station besides the besides that, so I was just trying to find one that had a red box, but uh, unfortunately, I've still not seen The Lighthouse and still not seen Dr. Sleep. I've never seen a red box at a gas station. There are quite a few of them at gas stations where I'm huh. I've only seen them in front of like CVS's and Walmart's. Yeah, uh, like they're in Kroger. Yeah. 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 Hey, <sighs> anyway, I did successfully I successfully watched In the Heat of the Night, so Oh. Yeah, it only took, you know, about 20 pauses throughout the course of it. Well, how was it? Pretty good. What rating would you give that? Oh, I'd, I'd seven. <laughs> I told you about this too. Uh, how I still have like a lot of Criterion's left on my shelf. In fact, I have a uh, mostly like a lot of Zadoichi uh, left to go through, and a bunch of like Japanese uh, crime movies, and all of them probably very good, very intelligent movies. And instead, I've been thinking about RoboCop all week long and how much i want to watch robocop again sure well look yeah dude, that that's a totally reasonable thing just keep thinking about that bit where he drives into the dude who's been mutated by the toxic waste and he yeah just explodes yeah it's of great. course yes it is it's a really good movie i mean i also have a giant pile of things to watch here and i just rewatched fargo recently because why <laughs> well, not to be fair, like Fargo, I would actually put up there with stuff that you would find on Criterion. While I think RoboCop is like actually one of the few perfect movies that I could probably count off of like one hand, wouldn't say it's like kind of what you would see from Criterion. Like that's a different breed of movie. Uh, there there was a Criterion collection was? of RoboCop, yes. <gasps> but there was no Gremlins 2. No, not yet. What are they doing? I don't know, but yeah, there there was. I think uh, it was the DVD, and maybe Laserdisc of RoboCop. Well, uh, Larry, speaking of movies, we yeah. should probably get into the news. I have a pretty big uh, news story that relates to movies. Okay, hit me. Movie phone currently being run by one person. Kramer. Yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, like every article I've seen about this has started off like saying, "Yeah, this seems a lot like that episode of Seinfeld." Uh, 
Um, Movie Phone recently went down to uh, 1.1% of its uh, total value circa 1999, which was like $388 million, currently worth $4 million. Uh, they've That's been more than I would and... expect. Yeah, they're yes. owned by IMDb now, aren't they? Uh, let's see. Um, there's some connection with IMDb. Well, there's a. I know that the guy that they have currently running it was the former editor in chief of Rotten Tomatoes. That might be what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. Uh, but they filed for bankruptcy, and the uh, parent company, which is Helios and Matheson, uh, oh, they no. had unsustainable losses from. A little something called movie movie pass a failed experiment maybe you've heard of it oh yeah it, it was a great <laughs> so, thing for a while yeah so movie phone's been wrapped up in that whole mess and as as just plummeted down to about four million dollars in value uh chapter seven uh has been filed for so while they're like while their new company is kind of figuring out what the fuck to do with movie phone uh they just have matt uh at at thinny at a Tithony? I don't know how to say that name. Anthony? A-T-C-H-I-T-Y. You lost me. I don't know. Yeah, me either. Anyway, that dude is the sole person operating movie phone right now. Cool. Surreal to me. I mean, it's just an automated thing that shows you showtimes near you. So yeah, it's entirely automated now, so really it's not like it would take much to uh run it. So maybe more of a surprise that it hasn't been run by one person up until the Yeah. Yeah. Uh but you know, speaking of the movies. <clears throat> I love them. I you love know... movies. I love film. I love the cinema. I do not like actually going to a theater. Uh but hopefully that won't be an issue for too much longer. Oh, God willing. Uh, Larry, name your top three uh, movies that are actually adaptations of video games. Uh, And before you do, I just want to say I am about 90% confident I know what your top three are going to be. Okay. Number one, Super Mario Brothers. In fact, would you like me to... Okay. I was going to say, would you like me to guess what your top three are? Okay, guess. Super Mario Brothers, obviously. Yes, of course. Dead or Alive. Mm. Maybe. That's not one I had in mind. Really? Yeah. I'm always thinking about dead or alive. At at all times during every day. Okay, well what were your other guesses? Uh Double Dragon. Okay. Uh I feel like you're forgetting a big one. It's like on the tip of my tongue too. Street Fighter. Ah, uh, yeah, Street Fighter. The great Raul Julia. Yeah. Julia, I'm not. I've never been quite sure. Uh, Bison. Who... It was a uh, Wednesday. Is that the line? I think so. Uh, Monday, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he carries that movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. After after that, maybe Mortal Kombat. The first oh, one, man. first yeah, the first Mortal Kombat is pretty good. Yeah, uh, some idiots would say Sonic the Hedgehog, I guess, what? Uh, because despite 
all odds, Sonic the Hedgehog seems to be doing well, maybe during opening weekend. This gets a little confusing for me because every article I've seen about this has been spinning it as a positive. The number I've seen uh, thrown around is 68 million domestic and uh, 43 million international for a total of 111, which is good because its budget was 95 million. And as we mentioned in last week's podcast, uh, opening weekend usually accounts for one third of a film's total gross. So it's on track to uh, not bombing. Uh, at the same time, though, you brought up to me uh, Detective Pikachu because the thing that is noteworthy about the Sonic movie is it is the biggest opening weekend for a video game adaptation. Yeah. Detective Pikachu made 144 million domestic on a budget of 150 million. And international was two hundred eighty-eight million. So I kind of feel like Sonic's actual success is more contingent on the international market than it might be the domestic market. Yeah, it is just like Warcraft. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Warcraft oh, got a Warcraft. crazy amount of money in China for some reason. Yeah, but that's the thing is, I I think Pokemon might have a bigger international impact than Sonic the Hedgehog does. Long term, uh, I don't know. I don't think China's as crazy about Sonic the Hedgehog as they are Pokemon. Maybe. But to, but either way, this doesn't matter to me, because, like, here's the thing. Like, dumbed-down cinema has won, is, is the takeaway that I'm getting from this. Because there was a point in time where movie audiences rightly identified video game adaptations as just being crap and completely writing them off. Yeah. I feel the Sonic movie doing well is indicative of a doled down movie audience that will fucking see anything probably um because like the the detective pikachu movie did well i went and saw that and i would describe it as just being mediocre that's kind of the thing is um the sonic movie when that first trailer came out it had the horrible sonic that was at least interesting and when yeah. they redesigned it it's just like now this this is just boring like, yeah, he looks yeah. like Sonic now, but who cares? It just makes it look like a generic thing that nobody would want to see. I would like to quote, this was a post on uh, Mastodon by Hyperlink at Snouts Online, which um, months ago when they redesigned Sonic, when they showed the fixed Sonic, I asked him about this because uh, he had been posting about the ugly Sonic for a long time. And so I said, your thoughts on the redesigned movie, Sonic? Here's what he says. Callous, hollow, and terminally unremarkable, neutral to the point of insult. We will have to sit through months of mandatory promotional information about this film, and at least there was some joy to be had in reclaiming Sonic as a fucked-up gremlin monster. Now he is just neutral pleasant. All joy has been sucked from this film. And for what? A 68% on Rotten Tomatoes and a Slurpee tie-in. And that yeah. is like the perfect encapsulation of Sonic movie. Yes. By the way, I think he's pretty close on that Rotten Tomatoes score, turns out. Yeah, I think it was something like 63% or or something along those lines when you and I last checked. But yeah, like that I think is actually the most dead-on take as far as that redesign goes. Because um, you linked that to me back when he said it, and like i agree completely yeah. 
yeah. it kind of just sucks away anything interesting that the movie would have had. Otherwise, it's just like, I don't know, here's this thing that doesn't really actually get anything right about the character, and Jim Carrey is in it, and you know he's going to carry most of the traffic that this movie is going to get. Yeah. Jim Carrey does a funny face. I like. I remember Ace Ventura in the it's, 90s. So he only turns into, like, Game Robotnik, like, at the very end, right? At the very end. That That is my understanding, yes. He is banished to a... Uh, as a lot of articles have been describing it, a mushroom dimension, which someone who has played oh. a lot of Sonic games, it's probably just like Mushroom Hill. Um, I was thinking then, of Mario movie again. Yeah, there's some people have been bringing up that maybe it's actually a dig on Mario. I don't know. I'm not paying money to go see this thing because I'm more principled on this than most people, I uh, think. Like, a lot of people I, I know online have been going to see it and posting about it, and I don't I don't understand it. Like I said, I, it's uh, not uh, even what? like, haha, it's so bad. It's just... The the stuff that I have seen has been a lot of people going like, oh, they listened to us, let's go and see it to support it. But the thing that those people forget is the animation studio that actually had to put in the work to redesigning Sonic got shut down. They are not getting your money. You are throwing your money at the bad brains who thought the original bad Sonic was a good design. Even they if they won, weren't, even if the they weren't shut the down, work. they wouldn't be getting money. Like they don't get back end no. profits from yeah. the box office. <sighs> it's not like oh, you fix Sonic. Suddenly, we're going to give you more money from all these rubes seeing this movie. Yeah, but they, no, they I still should. see a bunch of people going like, oh, they they listen. God support that they listen to us. God support the movie. And, like, that's what I mean, like, back to the point of I think movie audiences are so dull at this point that they will go and see anything. It it actually, like, to the point that I thought people saying that the bad design was intentional and that they had always had this other design and that this was a marketing ploy to get people to go to see the movie. Like, I thought that was really conspiratorial and probably wrong. But, like, at this point... With the way things have kind of turned out, I'm looking at that theory in a new light and thinking, like, I don't know, man, maybe. Like, that studio said they weren't operating under a crunch, which means either a lot of the animation for the final film was, in fact, not done, so the turnaround was easier on it, or they always knew they were going to throw that out. Yeah, I think when that trailer came out, that was all they had done. Very real possibility. Uh, which even so the fact that they were able to apparently finish all of it within I don't know what's it been four months like three months I want to say is what the yeah the estimate was uh that's I don't know that it just feels like something's off with that because like the the stuff that like leaked out from test screenings did say there was just a lot of unfinished stuff in the movie so I think like the most likely scenario is is as you said, the stuff they had done was the stuff that they showed. Well, I mean, um, I would also guess that they're it was probably using the same animation and everything, and they were just changing the character model. Yeah, um, <laughs> but also the stuff where they were coming out there, and it's like news reports that the animation studio is assuring people that they weren't operating under a crunch. Like to me, just seems like very much the sort of like. No, we like working here. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 everything is great. Footage from inside an Amazon warehouse. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, 
I, I might have just maybe accepted that, like, on face value back when they were kind of putting those articles out there, but then it was, like, two weeks later, the studio shut down. And so then it's like, I'm not believing that at all. Nope. <laughs> uh, apparently, James Marsden carries Sonic around like a baby a lot in the movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I like imagining that. You know, because I was talking to someone about this, I like James Marsden... And I also could not tell you like a movie sure. that I thought he's really good in. I mean, he was good in Thirty Rock. Um, he's an excellent uh, store brand Chris Pratt. Sure. Yeah. Sure. He's the the Doctor Thunder to Chris Pratt's Doctor Pepper. Yeah. When will there be a James Marston store on Amazon? Uh, but yes, like for example. He's probably best known for being Cyclops in the X-Men movies But had pretty much nothing to do in those movies And was completely wasted Yeah uh, And then just got exploded in the third one Like five minutes in Because why not? Yeah I Like yeah, the stuff about him carrying him around and everything And then uh, Spoilers for the Sonic movie Maybe shut the podcast off for like a hot minute But the fact that Sonic gets like adopted by him At the end of the movie too And like the thing that I tweeted out after that was How antithetical that is to Sonic Who's like the whole point behind that character Is he is a free spirit And he has attitude Sonic is not a child Sonic is not a baby Uh, Sonic is a hedgehog And Sonic fucks Sonic is an adult Yes he is a he is a grown man who refuses to pay his taxes because he stands up to the man. Sonic is a domestic terrorist. This is really just like a long road to me thinking that he should have been voiced by Web Wesley Snipes and not Ben Schwartz. Sonic go on Chapo. Anyway. Uh I did this Sunday for my stream play Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, in celebration oh. of the movie opening The beginning of the end for the Sonic games Well, some would say it was Sonic Adventure 1 Yes uh, my, uh, 2 my is argument... like the the end end of Sonic games <laughs> My thing with Sonic Adventure 1 is uh, it, it still retains the spirit of Sonic the Hedgehog Whereas Sonic Adventure 2 gets into like Robotnik is blowing up the moon And Shadow the Hedgehog has angst And this bat has tits Sonic Adventure Wait, 1 physics. has the Big the Cat It does, yeah Big the Cat is like more in spirit With the original Sonic games than Shadow the Hedgehog is What about uh, e the, the, One ro two, the robot? Gamma Sure. I keep wanting to call it Ed yeah. 209. Obviously, that's a way cooler robot. Yeah. Who kills corporate executives for fun. Uh this the Eggman robot just I don't know, just shoots sure. robots. I don't know. I I just feel like Sonic Adventure 2 is where that series kind of went like way off the rails. Like Sonic Adventure 1, I think just in general doesn't hold up. Like even back when it came out, 3D games played better than that. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you, Sonic Adventure 2 does not hold up either. 
No, it, like, it definitely does not. But, like, even at that time, Sonic Adventure 2 felt like such a departure for what, like, the tone and style of that series was. And then that kind of, like, spiraled into, like, the Shadow of the Hedgehog game and Sonic 2006. Sure. But even at the or time, it's just like, you had stuff... Or guns now. You, you had, like, the Sonic Advance games and Sonic Rush, which at least were somewhat... Yeah. Like, still in the tone yeah, of the previous ones. Uh, I will say about Sonic Adventure 2, though, soundtrack whips. That was really sure. the best thing about it. Yeah. Quality I butt really, rock. I really, really like uh, the, the Rouge the Bat um, level musics. I like did not get jazz to I played a few levels oh. and I got I got to Pumpkin Hill. I had to hear oh, the Pumpkin the Hill music. Game. Yeah. The the one for the like aquatic mine is really good because it has the line damn Sonic. <laughs> there was something he said in the first Oh no no it's it's, it's you're damn right, Knuckles. <laughs> there was something that the rapper said in the first Knuckles level and I can't remember what it was, but I just heard it out of nowhere and I was like, wait, what? Like every line out of those just has me going like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Uh, um. But yes, I'm a big fan of how the homing attack does not work about half the time. And oh sure, like that's if it does work, it will launch you into not the thing you were aiming at. I still think like the the current like the modern uh 3D Sonics are still not good, but at least like with the homing attack, they actually like put a target in there so you know where it is going to go and they do hit more uh, reliably yeah and that's also why i think sonic colors works in that way is because it's basically just like a timing mini game for crossing certain areas it's not like expecting you to do some real precision stuff it's kind of like the jump pads in sonic adventure one I don't remember if those were in two or not. I did not see any of them while I was playing, but uh, but also with less rigorous timing that will make Sonic just fall to his death. You mean like you land on one pad and then you hit the button and it sends you to another, and then you hit the yes. button and it sends you. To another. Yeah, they're those numbered are, like one, are, two, three, four. Yeah, those those are in one. Okay, I know they yeah. were in one, but I'm saying I don't know if they were in two also. Oh, I misunderstood you. I'm sorry. No, no, I don't think they were in two at all. Okay. Well, good, because they sucked. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine, great. Uh, anyway, I want Sega to do a remaster of Sonic Colors. Yeah. Like, actually put that on on a... Uh, bundle on it, bundle not, it with Generations. Why not? Yeah. At, le- at least put it on PCs, since they seem to have put all the other ones on PC. Yeah, they put uh, that Wii U one on PC for yeah, some reason. Yeah, uh, Lost World. Yeah, what was the Which deal I, with that? I still think that game is better than people give it credit for, but that it is also still just kind of breaking mediocre. You're also a Sonic cuck. <laughs> so. Please, the the current nomenclature is simp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sucker? You gotta, gotta stay hip with it or no one's gonna listen to this podcast Sucker idolizing mediocre platformers You got it <laughs> uh, Let's see, what else? Oh, okay, uh, so are we done with Sonic? Oh god, yeah, hopefully uh, At some point we'll talk about the old, the good Sonic games But not today The Sonic movie came out, so this is only a celebration of bad Sonic Okay, well, cool 
Uh, the other news this week, PlayStation 5, maybe you've heard of it? No, what's that? Okay, well, do you know the PlayStation 4? Uh, there's four of them now? Yes. Well, technically more than that. I really lost track. I mean, I got the PlayStation 3. I got Demon okay. Souls on that. That's like the only game I need. Well, that's true, but... PlayStation 5, there's a report from Bloomberg, not uh, not old Mikey Stop and Frisk Bloomberg, who is busy doing weird school plays where he <laughs> floats around like Mary Poppins. He's uh, just doing a rally and an old lady just hobbles up on the stage, grabs the mic and says, PlayStation 4 is costing $450 to produce. <laughs> PlayStation, PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5, I'm sorry. <laughs> he bungled it. I, I fucked it all up. Yeah, then that lady uh, also grabs the mic and says, Stop propping up the dairy industry! And then, uh, okay, so PlayStation 5, yes, as you said, currently is costing $450 US to produce. Mm-hmm. This is apparently due to unit scarcity for the RAM components specifically, uh, due to phone production and whatnot. Uh, the nicest thing about this, like, I, I would say the good news out of this is that they are dumping money into cooling. It says uh, the cooling units are costing a few dollars each, whereas previously it would be less than a dollar. Uh, yeah. Good. That's good, because it's going to need it. Uh, the PlayStation yeah. 4, mine sounded like a jet engine while playing God of War, and uh, apparently people who have played Control on console have had similar experiences. Yeah, uh, like the PlayStation Three model that I had, which was the big, the 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 fat boy with the uh, the George Spider Man font on it. Yeah, the George Foreman girl uh, version of that system also sounded like a turbine. So actually, having like a PlayStation console that runs a bit more quiet for once would be a very welcome change for me. Uh huh. So I'm glad that they're they're sinking the money into the cooling as well. Um, but also, like, this kind of confirms... Well, it doesn't necessarily confirm because it's not going to be confirmed until we come out. I think that it gives some credibility to this idea that it will end up costing $500 for, like, a base unit because I don't see them going into the $600 range again because of the negative connotation that that has. Like, I think that's just they can't broach that. But for 50 to produce one of these, there's no way they take that much of a loss and they sell it for anything like that's the thing. Yeah, it mentions that um, the PlayStation 4's, let's see, what was it? It was about $20 less than what they charged, so it was like three seventy nine, I think. Uh, yes, PS4 was estimated to cost $381 to manufacture. Um, the thing is, they're acting like that would be a $19 profit by pricing it at 400 even though, like, it... There's other costs involved in that. Yeah. Uh, so they were yeah. still taking a loss on it. Uh, and so, yeah. Well, in general, with these things, uh, when the new console comes out, they're always selling them at a loss. Oh, yeah. Like for a long time, too. Yeah. Because it doesn't really matter, is the thing. Like getting it into the house is way more important than $20. You care more about, yeah, your installation numbers than you do necessarily what your initial profit on that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because long term you're going to make all that back. 
But yeah, at 450, I think that it's more likely they go with 500 because they're still not going to sell that out of profit because and, of how they're also, going to have to divide that money up anyway. Yeah, and also the idea, it makes me wonder who wrote these articles because they're like, well, it means it's going to sell for at least 470. Why, why would they price a console at 470? It's either going to be 450 and they take a massive loss on it, or 500 and then they take a slightly less loss. Like they're not going to release a console at $470. Yeah, that would be such a weird. You do it in increments of 50. It's yeah. nice and clean. People's brains like that. That's right. Also, the whole pricing thing, I don't want to sound uh, like Mr. Moneybags over here or something, because I am not. Uh, I recently bought the new Samurai Showdown for $6. Hot deal. I'm always looking for a hot I'm deal. you bought it at all. Uh, everything I've heard about that thing has not been great. I don't know. It was $6. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't Could know. Could add a foot long for that, but whatever. Uh, I don't know why $50 matters For a console I don't really know why $100 matters Like people will wait 3 or 4 years To get a console for $100 off And it's like Okay Great I guess I actually think like the Playstation 5 Is going to be the first console Well actually no Um I bought the Nintendo Switch probably about a week after it came out. Uh, I don't remember exactly what compelled me to do it, other than I think I just had some extra money on hand and everyone I knew had a Switch, and so I was just like, I want to fit in with all my friends. Uh, <laughs> this highly big, big online mistake, I've since bought like console. five games for that thing. Um, but like the the PlayStation Five is actually probably going to be the first console that I pre-order and get like on on the day that it releases. Like, I can't remember the last time I did that. I didn't do it for the 360. I didn't do it for the PS3. I didn't do it for the GameCube. I might be the first time I've ever done that, actually. Uh, I pre-order pretty much every console because, like, I might as well. Like I said, I'm going to get them eventually, and consoles don't get discounts that are really worth waiting for to me. Yeah, um, I don't know that I'll get an Xbox Series X at least for a while. Um, that one I might but wait for some. Don't want the... this. You don't want this black featureless obelisk sitting on your uh, media stand. Well, I already have one. It's called an Xbox One X, and uh, it you don't plays... play anything on it. You just have friends over, and there's just this groaning box in the corner, and they're like, "What's that?" And you just Sad. hit it with a bone a few times and have a good time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's... I don't know. Like If you're having this thing in your house for a few years, at least, and you're getting a lot of use out of it, to me, you might as well just get it when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, the thing that has stopped me from getting a lot of these when they come out is, I, I think with every major electronics release, you don't want the first the first batch. That's the one that ends up having like the hardware issues. Sometimes, um, that hasn't really a been lot, an issue. A lot of the time, 
because like they want to make release so whatever issues they're having with hardware that they know they'll iron out they just say fuck it put it out there and then the second batch will have it fixed so generally if you if you're going to buy an electronic wait until the second batch the thing with the playstation 5 is i kind of just really want to get my hands on that thing because it's not like nvidia is announcing any cards yeah and, like, that would be the way that I would play games otherwise. Like, the, the PC market for games is just not at all what it was when I began to invest in PC gaming. And even if it were where it was, like, NVIDIA is not putting anything out. I still have a 980 sitting inside this thing. I mean, like, I, I know that there's out, a better just... series of cards right now, but it actually kind of doesn't feel like a worthwhile investment to get even those over no. a 980, which... Mostly doing me fine, but it feels like the biggest leap is actually going to be in the console realm right now than it is the PC. Sure. Also relevant to your interest, there's talk of a PS5 version of Control coming out. Perfect. Yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> like, to be fair, the amount of PC games that I can't actually run at a decent, stable frame rate are very few right now. But, okay. like, it also sort of feels like there's not going to be any major leap on the PC anytime soon. Whereas, at least with, like, the PlayStation 5, that actually has me going, like, okay, I, I might actually see something different and new and exciting on this thing, whereas PC feels very stagnant, right? I mean, that's kind of how PC gaming was when the 360 came out, too. It was weird because the 360 had games that were way more impressive than anything on the PC, and, um... You could uh, get a 360 for far less of a cost than it would cost to uh, make a PC that oh, would sure. run that kind of game. Like a Battlefield yeah. Bad Company, and I remember stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but really I mean, impressive. like, it, a big part of this, too, like, it, I is really the fact that, like, the, the market for games on the PC is, like I said, not not where it has been. Like, like console, buying console games, honestly, is just about as uh, expensive as it is to get stuff on PC at this point. Like, yeah. anything that I've been pre-ordering for a console has gone down to about what I would be paying for a digital copy on the PC. Uh, also cool is, with console games, you can you can play old console games. Yeah. I just shove those right in and play them. Yeah, I know, because I've been playing stuff on my Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, PC, not so much. Yeah, no, I've tried to do that on PC. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I... I <coughs> excuse me. Uh, like, I think my pre-ordered copy of Final Fantasy VII has hit down around, like, 45 bucks. And, like, typically with PC games, I'll get those on Green Man and around 45 is what you would get them for like even recently i think it's been on average closer to like 48 yeah see that's what gamers club unlocked used to give you from best buy until that exploded and then of course once best buy ended that amazon ended their thing that was copying it because why would they keep it around anymore yeah. uh so that's cool but yes. Even stuff like uh, Steam sales. Like, those used to be... It, which is still funny to me that people freak out when Steam sales are, like, upon us. When they're nowhere near what they were 
several years ago. Like, even before I got into PC gaming, they were better than they were when I got into it. Yep. Um, like, at this point, I don't know why anyone even bothers. I don't know either. Like, that's actually kind of the same thing I was talking about with consoles. It's like, you can buy these games when they come out from Green Man for, like, $45 or something. Yeah. Or you can wait four or five months and they'll be on sale for uh sale on steam for 40 like i'm still waiting for a good sale on um total war three kingdoms i don't think it's gone below 40 and it's been out for a while yeah it's not not like there's much coming out anyway that i'm super excited for no i i I just want i just want to make zia howdun and cal p kiss Guan Yu, he yeah, can no, get it. I'm... Guan Yu can watch. I'll let him watch in the corner. Yeah, no. At this point, I'm still mostly just uh, Doom, Final Fantasy, and Resident Evil are the are the things I'm interested in. Which is also like just kind of fucked that like two of the three games that I'm excited for right now are just remakes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like they're like they're going to be remakes that I'm sure are going to be better than the original releases of those games were. So I'm not like upset about that or anything, but also like it feels like there's been a lot more just remakes and HD remasters and stuff in this generation than there has been in any. Well, I mean, and I'm kind of just like, I want... yeah, I was thinking like what sort of remasters there were in the previous generation there weren't a whole lot there was like that the eco and shadow of the colossus one the devil may cry sly cooper there was definitely stuff because there was the the push into hd yeah because that that was the you know xbox 360 playstation 3 era where it didn't necessarily begin in a widely hd adopted age Mm mm-hmm there wasn't as much of that at the start of it, for sure. A lot oh, of yeah, that it, it was near the tail end of it. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it was just like, okay, well, everything's HD now, but also, like, 4K is being talked about a lot sooner to the start of the console lifespan. So you got a lot more HD reviews. Which is dumb, because 4K is kind of pointless. Sure. Uh, I mean... I'm sure there are a lot of people who will claim, like, yeah, 4K, I won't play anything unless it's in 4K. Like, good for you, I guess. Uh, I would rather have something at a very stable, high frame rate. Um, Yeah. Because, look, I... So, uh, Hitman 2, which I've been playing quite a bit of recently, knocking out those challenges, raising that mastery, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah. On Xbox One X, that has the regular mode which i believe is 1440 uh runs pretty smoothly looks great and then there's the resolution mode which bumps it to 4k not great like (laughs) frame rate wise which is not surprising and also i can't really tell the difference yeah 1440 is the sweet spot as far as i'm concerned if they can get games running like with the new hardware which does not seem out of the realm of possibility. If they can get things running smoothly at 4K, sure, fine. That's great. Yeah. But Man, speaking of game deals, Hitman 2. When that thing came out, and then like about a week after release, they were just like, yeah, it's half off now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had... I want to tell this story. I bought that game 
uh, for you for Christmas, I believe it was. Uh-huh. And then I, I paid, like, full price for that thing. And then, like, a week after it came out, it was half off. It was, like, the publisher that was dictating the. I went to Amazon and was just like, yo, can you guys do something for me? Because, like, I just a week ago bought this game on release. Zero expectation it would go to 50% off, of all things. And, like, they gave me so much shit over it. But, like, finally arguing with them enough that I managed to get, like, half my money back on it and then use that to buy the game for myself. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't mind pre-ordering games that I know that I like, especially off of something like Amazon, where if it lowers in price, I will get whatever the lowest price for that was. But the Hitman thing, like, really kind of hit me in the gut and was just like, maybe I shouldn't even... Like, I should not get games on release or pre-order them anymore in the off chance that someone's going to be fucking 50% off a week out. Well, that's because that game came out right before Black Friday, though. Sure, that's but, why. like, also, even the, even so, games that release that close to Black Friday don't typically hit 50% off. Yeah, usually not. Uh, that, that was, was weird. bizarre. Yeah. Like, ultimately, I came out the other end of that thing going, like, no, whatever, pre-order games, this is an apparition, and it's not going to really happen again. But, man. Yeah. Man. I really don't like the whole never pre-order anything rhetoric, because, no, you can pre-order something if you're pretty sure that you'll like it. Like, it's not hard to spot a stinker. I pre-ordered this Yakuza Remastered collection, because why wouldn't I? I like the games. They're they're not going to bone them up. Yeah. Well, I think there's also, like, to some degree, a game that you know you want to really support the studio for, so you want to give them as much as you can give them for it. Like, for me, that's Doom Eternal, a game that I know that I could easily beat within a week and that I'm not very likely to touch again after that, but I was way into that first Doom that they released, and this seems like more of that, and I will probably be way into it, I will gladly pay for a uh, full price for that thing just to like hopefully maybe get another doom out of this. Uh-huh. As opposed to like waiting for whenever it will hit like 10 bucks, which I'm yeah. sure will happen at some point. Yeah. Uh that's kind of the thing is for discounts you can kind of look at who the publisher is. Uh Bethesda stuff yeah. and WB stuff both drop like rocks very quickly. Uh, so yes, Doom will be cheap pretty soon, just like whatever, like Hitman Three or whatever. Also, will probably drop very soon. But what? Oh, there's no way that I. Yeah, there's no way when they announce Hitman Three, not pre-ordering that. Not after the shit they did with Number Two. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting a bit on that one because man, uh, but no, something like Doom, like I want to support them for for putting more of that stuff out. So I'm totally cool paying full price for that thing, just pre-ordering it. Um, I have been playing, like this was just I was reminded of it because talking about Bethesda and prices dropping like rocks. I was replaying Prey on Xbox because it's on Game Pass, and so I wanted to see because I had a lot of issues with it crashing on PC. Um, and so it's actually kind of better on Xbox. Great game. System Shock 3, some would call it. Because we're not getting an actual System Shock 3, but... Oh, man. Yeah. 
That System Shock 3 thing actually made me reevaluate that list of old games I'm playing, and I just, like, yanked two games off of it and threw System Shock and System Shock 2 on. That's why you should play Prey. Play Prey. I should. Because yeah. it, it definitely is 100% just System Shock 3. <laughs> I still like how that new one is just very obviously, like, did not start its... Life as a prey game. This no. is totally something else that they were just like, ah, let's name it prey. We need to sell this thing. Yep. Man. As if that's like a that's an incentive. <laughs> People are gonna be like, ooh, yeah. prey. I love oh, walking God. on walls it's... and going through portals. Sure. Uh, I love talking. Cult. I love talking endlessly about this uh gameplay demo that was Shown during an E3 and that we never got anything more of. Yep, love uh, which Art, is precisely the only other, yeah, the only other prey related thing other than the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that prey two did look good, but it did. I still want that prey two, but we're never going to get it. Nope. Thanks to the press sneak fucks. <laughs> well, no, actually, that that was about the current prey that actually came out. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other uh, other news? Uh, there was some other stuff with the uh, Bloomberg PS4 thing, wasn't there? Or was it just was it just that there's a hardware shortage and 450 bucks? Yeah, that that was basically it. That and they're waiting uh, until the Xbox does anything. They're just playing chicken, right? That's what I'm. Uh, and they're yeah. gonna crash into each other because <laughs> at July Actually, they're gonna be like, we need to do something. Yeah. Need to get prices out there pretty soon, man. Uh, the uh, leak that we had uh, talked about prior mentioned something about like an event happening in March, right? No, that one said February 5th, which obviously did not happen. Oh, no. So that's all bullshit. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't know. A little bummed. Because if it means we're not getting a uh, Demon Souls HD, then. I still think that will happen. Uh I hope so. I but yeah, the thing about the event is I still think that will be it might just be like a Nintendo style direct thing and so they could do sure. that at any time, who knows. But it's also possible that it could be early next month. I have seen some stuff speculating that, but again nobody really knows, so what's the point? You could keep throwing out that it's going to be next month, honestly, and it would seem pretty credible because they have to put something out here relatively soon. Yeah. If they're still, like, pushing for a holiday release. Yeah. Like, I would have expected it to be the end of this month, just like the PlayStation 4 announcement. But E3 since nothing has... Who cares? They're not going to be at E3. Well, no, that... That's what I'm saying, though, is they'll probably preempt E3 with whatever they have. Oh, could be. That seems so way most... too close to release, though. It does, but but that's also, like, what I'm saying is whatever time frame they're working with here, it has to be between now and before E3. Okay. I feel Which like is it has why to I'm be like, within you could just... the next two months. Yeah, but again, like E3 is is June, isn't it? I think so. That gives us March and April, which I think is is likely. I think that doing it in May would be, as you said, too close. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Next two months seems likely then. Yeah. Because you want like a six month lead time on it, right? Before it comes out. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Man. <sighs> it's not even not even showing the unit. Whereas nope. uh, at least Microsoft is showing theirs. So Show us the unit. Yes. I need the unit. Shuhei Yoshida, show us your unit. I think he's not I there really anymore. hope it is a even taller yet thinner but blacker box. Do you think it's going to be like that weird V shape? Like the dev no, kits? No, that's a no. Because their dev units have always looked weird. Yeah, but they did patent that, which is kind of strange. I don't. I can't imagine it's going to look anything like that, no. I, I think that just sort of based off of what media devices look like right now, something like that is a bit too... 2006 that's kind of what that's why i thought but again with them patenting it and then actually it was specifically this thing about the more expensive cooling unit like that whole thing is that v thing on top has vents on both sides of the whole let me put the v it shape. this way what i hope it doesn't look like that because i think it looks dumb <laughs> i do too <laughs> I, well i think it looks dumb i do hope it looks like that for me, it's a different cut. Kind of, it's a dumb that I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm hoping it's something more. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird because, like, at the same time, I also think the Xbox looks really terrible because it's just so featureless and boring. Yep. I want like something in between that. I guess like the PlayStation Four, I think, looks good to me. Like, it's still just a box, but it's like kind of slanted. It's uh-huh. got that weird thing where it looks a bit like a hamburger. Yeah. You like hamburgers. I, I really do. The only thing that would put me off of thinking it might be kind of like that V-shape is for some reason they're enamored with the prospect of being able to put consoles on their sides. And I don't think that yes. would work with that. No. I do not know why they love this concept. But whatever. Yeah, I can't remember what the original like intention behind that was. Wasn't it a cooling thing or? Mm. I mean, it was the 360 that started it, just because of its weird design, which I never did no, because the... like the weird tray in it, <laughs> I never trusted. Oh, well, you're talking about. And... You're talking about Xbox. I'm talking about Sony because like the PlayStation Two was vertically oriented. Oh, that's right. And, and and was so before the 360. Yeah, I forgot about that because they had the little PS logo you could rotate too. Well, but like I also never vertically oriented mine because I want to say there was something about how that actually stressed the uh like the the laser on the optical drive. I don't know if it would be the laser or the actual or the drive. There was there was something about that straining the the drive in some way, but yeah. I remember like the PlayStation Two specifically has an issue with the actual like laser Weird. on that thing. Like that's the part that craps out. I've had three PlayStation Twos. Two of them uh, stopped working because the laser went bad. Uh, huh. The third one got stolen from me. <laughs> Great. Sorry. So you know that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the apology, even though you're not responsible for this. Well, look, my condolences to your PS2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I have never had a console vertical. Uh, 
that it looks stupid. Uh, I don't have room for it. Like, that's the thing. I don't get... I guess if you don't have, like, a media center thing... Like, I got these shelves yeah. here, and if I put them on the side, they wouldn't fit. I put my 360 vertical, but be that was because I had that, like, original unit, and I actually think that thing feels... Like, there's something wrong about putting that thing horizontal. No, the the inhale? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the white, the white, the curvaceous one. Uh, yeah, I, I have it on the side. Uh, I have a, I have my full auto faceplate on it. Uh, sometimes <laughs> the outfit, if I'm feeling fancy. Uh, ever, yeah, no, I, ever I wondered what? My... Ever wondered what a, what bottom of an avatar's shoe looked like? Bam. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, no, I always, I always kept my 360s fully erect. Like just always put those vertical. Um, Cause I had two of them. I had the I had the white one, which red ringed at least two times on me, and then eventually just I got one of the um, I think the slims, like the ones where it's still kind of pinched in the middle, but it's a lot more angular. And it's oh, like right. yeah, yeah. Which I think those look a hundred times better. The original version of the Xbox 360. Nah, Plus, you know, uh, doesn't them. cook to death on me. Uh, and by the time that I got that, uh, the Xbox 360 was on the way out, and I think I played like XCOM and Deus Ex on that, and then didn't play anything else. Great. Yeah. Well, I didn't buy it. My uh, stepdad got it for me. So. Thanks, stepdad. Yeah. No, we got in a we got in a bit of a bad argument, and he felt bad, and then like. Gifted me uh, Very cool that I didn't play it that much I like how you just completely cut out there Which I'm going to leave as is oh. So uh, oh, it's up fine. to the listener's imagination <laughs> uh, Who knows what time. my stepdad did to me But I got an Xbox out of it That's right it, it is kind of telling on yourself that your dad is apparently so rich that he just felt bad about an argument and got you a game console. He, yeah, no, he, like, he is, he's... The fun thing about my family is that my actual biological dad and my biological mom never really amounted to anything and do not individually make much money at all, but the people they married are fucking loaded. So I'm really hoping that I take after them and everything works out okay. Cool. Well, on to your retro Marry corner. Marry yourself a doctor, ladies and gentlemen. Retro corner, here we go. Only an hour yeah. in. Yeah! Alright! Uh, hey, no comics corner Sega this CD? week, by the way. Uh, Sega CD? Yeah. 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 Uh, sure, Do I you guess. Ever, uh, you ever vertically orient your Sega CD? <laughs> no. Not sure Clogged that's a good Vince idea. Up, make uh, make crisscross, make my video run real slow. <laughs> um. Marky Mark just starts glitching out while he's going fat. <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't know until like a week ago that Marky Mark was Mark Wahlberg, and like watching him come to that realization. <laughs> That's great. We were watching like the good vibration video and they were just like, oh man, oh man. <laughs> I was uh, like, yeah, he was Marky Mark back in the day and also like a huge racist, which yeah. he still probably is. 
Probably. I mean, you know, he could have stopped 9-11 if he had been on that plane. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Man, imagine if him as Seth MacFarlane had been on that plane, the terrorists didn't stand a chance. Oh, jeez. Uh, Lunar, the Silver Star, is a game that uh, a lot of people hold in high regard, and I do not understand why. I, uh, this is a. Hmm. Yep. Yes. I had always oh, heard uh, Lunar 2 was the one that people liked. So I I do know that Lunar 2 is, is the one that people prefer. Stop saying Lunar. I refuse because every YouTube video I have watched so far refers to it specifically as Lunar, and I just am going with this because I assume that these fucking freaks doing videos about this care more about this game and how it's pronounced than i do okay but you know what i'll compromise i'll refer to it as lunar um so that that's actually the the thing where my my understanding before going into this was that two is held in higher regards than the first one Still might be the case, but when I went back and watched a lot of, like, retrospectives for this thing, apparently this has, like, a really big cult following for the first game. Uh, to the point that people will say that the Sega CD version is the definitive one, which is even more baffling to me. Uh, because there is a, another version of this game called Lunar The Silver Star Story Complete, uh, which came out on the uh, Saturn in Japan and then came out over here on the PlayStation. Uh, that seems far more robust like it has a much better script a much better story and it oh, restores about a third of the game that was actually cut out of development uh for the sega cd version of it huh okay yeah that's the version i knew yeah that's also sort of the version so like my experience with lunar back in the day was seeing advertisements uh in gaming magazines and you're you're a bit younger than me. Like I got three years on you, so I kind of don't know like where you were at necessarily at this point in in gaming. Uh, and back then, when like you're very young, three years makes a hell of a lot of difference. Sure. Uh, whereas now it don't matter. Um, but like back then, the the concept of full motion video, actual cartoon animation, and talking in your games was mind-blowing sure so seeing advertisements that that were basically just like yo there's a lot of like recorded dialogue and there's actual animation in this game um blew my mind as a kid and i was just like oh shit anime is coming to video games i want this but could never get to it like i never had a sega cd so it was just always out of reach um so that was the thing that was like compelling me to go play this uh well, some memory is kind of a funny thing, and I'm starting to think that maybe actually I was seeing advertisements for the PlayStation version of the game, and not the Sega CD one, because this, like, right off the bat looked very different from, like, my recollection. And when I went back and looked at the PlayStation version, I was like, this seems like the one I'm more familiar with. I am looking at box art for Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, and this is the box I remember. Yes. So, like I said, when this game was under development, uh, a, a third of the content was cut out. So, 
really seems to me like the definitive version would be the complete version of the game, but there are some weirdos who insist upon it being the Sega CD version. Uh, yeah, there. But that's always the case, isn't it? There are always people who will say like yeah. the first version is always the best, even though it very rarely is. Yeah, but the the thing that is alarming to me is there isn't a lot of people talking about this game, and that makes sense to me because it's really just kind of not very good. Uh, but when you search for it on YouTube and you listen to people who have a passion for this thing talk about it, pretty much all of them default to the Sega CD version, and it. it bewildering because huh. a lot of these videos will also be comparing all the different versions because there's like a a Game Boy Advance version of this game that came out there's a, a PSP version which is like fairly substantially different from any of the other ones uh, but anyway I played the Sega CD one because uh, I found a very nice looking bootleg <laughs> on the internet for cool. about 10 bucks it was just like, sure, I'll buy that. But also, like, at this point in time, I I guess I kind of just didn't realize that there was a second version of this game. I thought that this was just it. Uh, so, yeah, this is, it, it's just a, a 1993-ass JRPG. Uh, the thing that is really unique about it is the battle system is sort of this half-step to a tactical role-playing game where your distance between enemies plays a factor. So as you're leveling up, you'll end up gaining uh, basically more moves you can do during your turn. So like uh, Alex, the main character, he might start out with like, he can attack twice in a row, but as you level him up, he'll be able to attack three times in a row. But if he has like a, a large amount of distance to clear between him and the enemy he targets, he'll end up expending some of those moves to get over there. Uh, I have heard this compared to Skies of Arcadia, uh, which I have not played, so I'm not sure. Oh, that's good game. That yeah, it's on my list. Much uh, like um, much like many other times, the first version is not the one to play. Oh like, no, the GameCube version is the okay. definitive one. Skies of Arcadia Legends. I will keep that in mind so I don't make this mistake twice. Um, okay. Uh, but, but kind of the thing that the, the issue that I, I have with uh, Lunar is absolutely in how it feels so incomplete. This feels like I'm playing an RPG Maker game most of the time. Um, it, it, is, it is to the point, it is so weirdly paced and the difficulty curve is just so far off that it's one of those JRPGs where you get a certain point in and you can kind of just like, I don't know, read an article on the internet and keep hitting the A button. Because as long as like your team is running through their physical attacks, they'll just clear out anything. Okay. And it is also so like askew. I ran away from a lot of battles because like the random encounters in this thing is just bat fuck crazy. Like, there's been some dungeons where I can kind of run through an entire floor and never get an encounter. And then at random points, I will get, like, five of them back-to-back. -back. Like, I get out of a fight, I take one step, I get another one. Beat that one, take a step, I get another one. That's, um, speaking of Skies of Arcadia, that was one of the things they fixed in the port. Was, um, in the Dreamcast version, it was kind of rotten with random encounters. 
and the GameCube one, they just reduced the amount of random encounters and gave you more experience. Well, thank God for that. Yeah. Because, man, like, that happened a lot in Lunar, and I was just sort of like, I don't want to deal with this. I want to kind of keep moving ahead. I mean, uh, I am... And even then, when uh, I did that, I, I never ran into a point where I was just like, I don't have enough levels. I so. am outspoken about how much I dislike random encounters in general. Yeah, uh, you would hate Lunar. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, what if I told you, like, on top of that, uh, the tile sets get reused a lot. So, like, for most of the game, you're kind of going through the same exact, like, brown cave. That sounds very cool. Over and over. And then... And then sounds like a Star to... Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> I watched an episode recently Maybe... where it had a flashback to, uh, the Bajoran Resistance... And it was just like, here's Kira with a really bad wig, and also it's the same cave set that they've used probably eight times already this season. Uh, good times. I don't want to get off into a Star Trek thing, because I know that if I, I start you, you won't stop. Uh, but I've been getting like a lot of recommendations for Star Trek recently. Uh, Deep Space Nine in particular, probably because somebody keeps linking me videos <laughs> of Cisco. Cisco doing war burn. crimes. Yeah, but I, I also keep getting a lot of videos that are just scenes with Ducat in it, and I keep Hell watching yeah. those. And I'm maybe like at a point where I'm like, I might need to ask Larry what Deep Space Nine episodes to watch. Man, uh, the part I got to is where Ducat comes back, like he's kind of gone for a while, and he's just like, "Hey, guess what, bitches? We've allied with the Dominion. Eat it!" <laughs> And so the, the bit what? the bit specifically that I saw was like them coming upon uh, uh, coming upon like two Romulan or no it wasn't two Romulan missiles it was like no they're like smuggling something but they deny it and like Cisco knows they're oh, smuggling yeah, yeah, something yeah. and then he he just... gives like the order or something yeah. from Cardassia yeah yeah that's a great part He's basically just like, we will like take you on board this ship. We will force a confession out of you, confiscate everything that you have, and then send you back, and you will certainly be killed. Yeah, that's Man. one. That's one of the first. I think that's the first time they encounter the Maquis. That whole like that was a two part uh, episode, and that one was really great. That also involves a subplot of Quark uh, trying to sell weapons to a Vulcan lady. That's really good. Yeah, I might need to watch that show. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of just tile reuse in this game as well. And the thing that is especially frustrating about all this is not only do, does every dungeon just kind of blend together uh, aesthetically, but they are all designed to be multi-level mazes. So you just, like, a lot of it is just kind of wandering around and getting super fucking lost not being able to tell anything apart because it all looks the same. And then also like having to go between different levels that sometimes just dead end. So then you need to go back up and then retrace your steps back through the maze and find another exit to another level. It is it is mind-numbing, and that is part of why it gets very frustrating when the game just decides to whip a lot of random encounters at you one after the other. Um... Uh, which is, again, not helped by the fact that eventually that battle system just gets very boring because you can just mash attack and be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not in the same way as, like, a, 
like in Persona, where it's basically just there so you can clear out dungeons quicker and like fast forwards everything. No, not at all. Uh, everything is extremely plotting in Lunar. I love plotting. It's my favorite. I don't love a I good plotting it. video game. The Warriors Orochi Four is out now. You can play as Ryu Hayabusa. Forgot <laughs> to mention that. <laughs> um, and then like one of the things I see people bring up all the time with this game is like, oh, it's so great because like it's a, it's one of the first RPGs that really gets you to care about its characters. And like I also kind of don't get that. Like this was ported over here by Working Designs, uh, and I love working designs ports like they very much have their particular kind of humor and there's definitely like sections of this game where it's just dropping like a weird like 90s reference on you and it's like oh this is charming i enjoy working design but then like most of that game is just like the characters really don't have much character like everyone kind of fits into the same like little mold that they have made for themselves when they are first introduced yeah, you sent me screenshots of this game, including there was a good reference to, um, as Richard Ayawade called them, firearms and horticulture-based rock band Guns N' Roses, where a character just says, welcome to the dungeon, we got fun and games. Yeah. That's okay. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. That's like, okay, sure, working designs. Uh, but then, like, a lot of this, like, it, the, the main plot of this game is that, like, uh, I guess there's something called a Dragon Master, basically, like, the Chosen One who will save the world, and, like, the one that came before you died in, in service of whatever, like, justice he was fighting for. Turns out he didn't, actually. Uh, but as as you're going in and becoming the next Dragon Master, your love interest gets kidnapped. Uh, they don't really give you much time to kind of develop a connection to that character, though, because she gets kidnapped very early in the game, and you never see her again until the very end. Uh, which is one of the things that intrigues me about Complete, is, uh, from my understanding, she gets kidnapped much later in the story and actually stays in your party, and they spend a lot more time kind of developing your connection to that character. Uh, in Complete as well, Alex is not a silent protagonist as he is in the version which probably goes a long way towards developing that relationship too. So it it kind of like if the Sega CD version did anything for me, it kind of made me want to go check out the PlayStation version just to see how different that actually is. Because uh, it, again, very weird to me that people say the Sega CD version is the definitive one. When When everything I understand about the PlayStation one makes it just seem like a much more rich and complete game uh, whereas Sega CD version just it feels like it downloaded an EXE off of itch.io I feel and like, like my computer got a fucking virus and I'm unhappy I think it's just people like being very dedicated to the Sega CD in general it's, yeah it's gotta be there were good games on that thing man like what get a you had a Sonic game? But uh, first... That Sonic... Uh, okay, whatever. It's Next. Great. No. Oh, the best, including me. Uh, you had uh, Snatcher, of course. Uh, okay, I'll give you Snatcher, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gillian Seed, man. Gillian mm. Seed. Uh, mm. 
You had um, top three Gillians. Who are they? Number one, Gillian Anderson. Number two, Gillian. Uh, what's her name from from Community? Jacobs. Gillian Jacobs. Yes. Number three, two. Gillian Seed. Mm, flip two and three around, and then I'm on board. No. Uh, good Sega CD games. Uh, <laughs> for Shard Night Trap. No. Mm. Top Sega CD games. Sewer Shark. Oh, I know. I know. Lunar 2. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there was... Shining Force CD I've heard good things about, but I don't know. That's a, another one that's on the docket. There's a PS1 remake of Lunar 2, too, right? Yes, there is. So there's actually a complete version of Lunar 2 as well, and I kind of feel like I might need to do my research before I bother getting into another one of these games um because man yeah lunar is uh overall not not good uh i will say uh as far as the whole like oh man video games are talking to me thing lunar is a great example of hey we just rounded up people in the working design office and told them to like get in front of a mic sure one of the best things about old video games Absolutely. So, like, it's a shame that there's only actually about maybe 15 minutes of spoken dialogue in that game because all of it is great for uh, for that specific reason of, like, it's actually not very good, but it's very charming. Like, yeah, we got know, the accountant in here to say some things. Look, that's another testament to the genius of Lorne Lanning. Uh, he just did all the voices himself for every game. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't need anybody else. Just have Lauren landing there. He's like, I, I can do it. I can say hello and get him. And that's all you need. Oh, man. I just want Lauren landing to do like a full, like, just have him voice everyone in Lunar. It's only 15 <laughs> minutes of dialogue. He I can th- do it. I thought you were going to say Lauren landing soundboard, which I would be down with. Oh, that'd be great, too. Yeah, that'd be have fantastic. Your, have your own game speak wherever you are. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's just very disappointing to me because Lunar is is definitely something that I was looking forward to, and I was expecting a lot more out of this thing than what I got. Uh, I I just don't understand in the in the least bit what people have to hold on to uh, with this thing. It just seems like at best this is a very mediocre JRPG from the early '90s. At worst, uh, which is where I fall with this, uh, it's a completely unfinished game. That has a bad battle system and is poorly balanced and reuses too many assets. Also, the color palette that they're using fucking sucks. Hey, speaking of poorly balanced, I forgot to mention this, but after about 40 minutes of Sonic Adventure 2, uh, I played Illbleed. Yeah! And... That's a Dreamcast game. <sighs> that first... Oh, it's so good. <laughs> The parts of it are really good. Actually, playing it is another story. Uh, at least that first level—that's another game like we were talking about—that just gets way easier as it goes on. Yeah, because like I ended up dying of bleeding, which I forgot you could do. Like no matter how much, like I had nearly full health, but my bleeding thing topped out, so I died. And I'm pretty sure it was like right before uh the um. The safe point before the Jimmy boss battle. Uh, because 
I got ambushed by Dummy Man, and I forgot that Dummy Man will fuck you up. Because I had zero issues fighting the other monsters. And then after that, I was sent all the way back to the first save point. Uh, And so then I was like, okay, well, I'll just try to hurry back. And I ended up forgetting about a few traps, which are way more dangerous than the actual enemies. And so then I ended up dying again, and I just gave up. Uh, Scan everything is the lesson of that first level. Well, sure, but you don't get enough adrenaline items to scan everything. Yes, that is true. A lot of that is just, like, rote memorization. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, once you get out of that and get a lot of money, and you can upgrade your adrenaline and health and whatever, then it's like yeah. it's kind of a breeze, especially because that first level is way longer than later ones. I think, like, part of that game, too, I think, is that they really want you to kind of play around with the different characters, because if you're spreading those upgrades out between everybody, I feel the difficulty becomes a lot more balanced. But, like, if you really just pick Eriko and you stick with her and you give her all the upgrades, like, that game becomes a breeze about halfway in. Well, yeah, but also just the other characters permanently dying means you have no incentive to use any other characters. Well, the incentive is you get to see Eriko nude if you save all of them. Well, yes, but you don't have to use them, (laughs) is what I'm saying. No, no, you don't. Like, that's even really just more incentive to save them and never use them, because then they'll never die. Yes, exactly, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, did you see the uh, fall down bear thing, though, during your playthrough? Uh, that's my no. favorite part of the first level. No, I forgot about that. Yeah, you find a TV, and it's a cartoon called Fall Down Bear, and it's just a bear walking, and it falls down and gets a nosebleed, and that hurts you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I had marked the TV, so I never saw it. Like, that's the other uh, weird thing about that, is your reward for not getting hurt is that you don't get to see all of these cool and funny animations. Yeah, yeah there's like you're actually missing out on stuff. Sometimes they'll still the show game. them, which is weird. Yeah. Like, I marked, there was a corpse at the middle of the floor, and I marked it, and he just sort of, like, gets up and shakes a little bit, and then is like, and falls back down. And that was funny. And that, like, the nice thing about that when it retains that stuff and you get to see it is you also get to hear Eriko uh, say, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I get back to Lunar very quickly uh, for one last thing I wanted to point out before I give it a rating. Uh, this is also, I think this is a game that you probably definitely need a manual to play because uh, one thing that really stuck out to me about it is how items have no description and so they do not tell you what they do at all so i needed to refer to a guide because i had no idea what like what the mp restoring items were there's like three different kinds of herbs and like only two of them seem to actually restore your health and that took me like a while to figure out too uh like actually like to to like more the incomplete stuff really weird thing with this game is like every town has shops but your accumulation of money is very slow I kind of found like I could not keep my characters uh, as well equipped as I would have liked to. But then at, at a certain point, when you get onto the last continent, towns stop having shops like altogether. So, like, the equipment you can actually buy that is worth anything kind of stops about two thirds into the game. And then you just have too damn much money. So, I ended the game with like 90,000 silver. Whereas before, I only was able to, like, stay afloat on about 500. Um, 
And another great thing about this stupid-ass video game that people like is you also have limited inventory, and it fills up very fast. So there's just a lot of dumping items on the ground and, like, not actually being able to sell them for anything because, like, you got to make room for stuff that you actually might need to use. Cool. Hey, speaking of things that the game doesn't tell you, did you know Illbleed has a tutorial? Yeah. Yeah. See, my my familiarity with Illbleed was uh, from the Game Informer Super Replay where they ignored the guy at the beginning that says to go to the graveyard, which yeah. explains why they never had any idea what the senses or the horror monitor was or anything like that. Yeah, uh, that is a very valuable tutorial to go through, because, boy... The, also gives you free hassy. A lot of trial of... Yes. The, the best uh, in-game branding out of any video game, I think, is hassy. Yeah, gotta have hassy. Like, specifically that, like, so Hassi is a uh, a thing that also appears in uh, Blue Stinger. But, like, Blue Stinger had that um, music video that they put out to advertise the game. It was, like, a couple of Japanese girls singing a pop song about Blue Stinger. But, like, they have Hassi brand, uh, branding on their outfits, too. Mm-hmm. Which is just really good. Yep. Uh, Dolls oh, also has a cameo in No Bleed. I'm sorry? I said Dogs also has a cameo yeah. in Illbleed. I was about to bring that up. Uh, and he's fucking dead yep. in Illbleed. Like, they just dump him into a dumpster. Yeah. I mean, it's all fake, so, you know, whatever. No, it's fine. Oh, man. I should have played Illbleed this week, not Lunar. Um, uh, fun fact, thanks to um, receiving certain files from somebody... Uh, when I went to save my game, I found there were already three saves there with uh, nice. millions of dollars. Good. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, uh, th I think the percentage thing was maybe a little bit confusing last week, so the way that I want to do things this week is I'm going to give this game a rating uh, based on its uh, characters. It's a character-based rating system, and I'm doing this because, you know, Everyone remembers the rich and well-storied characters of Lunar, the Silver Star story for the Sega CD. No. So I would rate this game uh, probably a Nash, uh, which, as we know, based on the system, is not as good as a Kyle, uh, but is definitely better than a Ray. What do you give it out of 10? Three. Wow. That's lower than it's expected. Not, really not good. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it actually took me a bit before I kind of hit that point where I was just like, this game fucking sucks. Lunar, but worse when than Wonder Woman 750, in. according to George Brundle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I had more fun with that. There was a larger percentage of that thing that I thought was actually, like, at least a joy to look at uh, versus Lunar. Also, which was like it did not going take into us... another it dungeon didn't... going like, boy, I hope this isn't the same fucking cave again. It didn't take as long to read as Lunar probably took to play, so... That's another weird thing about, like, so again, need to hammer this home. Game is incomplete. 
Lunar is like a 10 hour long JRPG. Nice. That is like seeing everything the game has to offer. There's like nothing in terms of like optional dungeons or optional bosses or anything like that. At least I followed a guide as far as I can tell that just does not exist. Uh, Lunar, if you look up long plays of it on YouTube, uh, the non-complete version is about nine hours long. It took me about ten hours to beat the game. Cool. Please Nots is longer than Lunar. <laughs> and it makes better use of its time. That's for damn sure. Uh, but anyway, I'm looking forward to playing Lunar 2, which, God, I hope is better. Uh, <laughs> well... That's been George's Retro Corner for this week. Uh, no Comics Corner. Next next of the big anniversary issues we'll re- be reviewing will be Flash 750, I believe. I'm not I'm, sure I'm, when that's out. I'm so sorry, too, because I feel like since we started doing Destroy All Children, I didn't want to be very negative about all these old games I'm playing, but I thought, like, Oh, the benefit of this podcast is I'll be able to play stuff and talk about them more concurrently. Uh, I just had a really bad run, like, just picking stuff that has not actually been that good. So, yeah, I mean, you don't know before you play it if it's bad or not. No, no, and I'm not, like, with a few rare exceptions where I'm like, this is bad in a notable way. Like, I'm not seeking out bad games. I genuinely wanted to like Lunar and had high hopes for it. Like, I am very disappointed that it turned out the way that it did. Okay. I'm sorry. Next week, Pokemon Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Flash 750 is out February 26th. So, depending on when we record next week, that might be on the docket. If not... Might be a week after that, but then after that, I think is the Robin special, and then the Joker <laughs> and Catwoman one. Look, this it. There's gonna be some rough ones. I'm I'm laughing because uh, the clip from The Dark Knight Rises uh, ended up in my YouTube recommendations just today, where they did that thing of like, oh, I like uh, your real name better, Robin. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Urge and to so, kill like, rising. Just apparently just saying Robin just dredges that up for me now. Like, it's completely tainted. So bad. The movie's so it's, bad. It sucks so much. The YouTube comments on that were terrific, by the way, because there was a bunch of people. Like, one of them I remember said, like, Batman Begins, 10 out of 10. The Dark Knight, 10 out of 10. The Dark Knight Rises, 10 out of 10. <laughs> No. 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 <laughs> There's a reason the thing most people just remember about that movie is Bane and his weird voice. Yeah. That's the one thing I like about that movie is, boy, that version of Bane sure is weird. Yeah. Just wearing big equally, fuzzy coats. Equally as weird as the Batman and Robin version of Bane, but for just very different reasons. Well, that version wore coats, too. And hats. It did. And hats, yeah. A little, uh, little fedora mm-hmm. that they uh, put on him. That's you know, something t- that... Stay undercover like a Ninja Turtle. Damn. Damn. My Ralph on Helen It's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, before before we go, I did, while we're still on this tangent, 
Uh, I had mentioned watching Batman and Robin. There's a scene that kind of stuck out for me where, like, Poison Ivy and Bane are in the car and they're going to the observatory to confront Bruce Wayne. Poison Ivy's putting on, like, this blonde, uh, very fanciful wig. But when she actually confronts Bruce Wayne in the observatory, she is, like, dressed up in a disguise that makes her look like a disheveled, crazy person. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know what she bought the wig for. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember this this part. I I vaguely remember what you're talking about. Yeah, this sticks out to me, though, because this is the scene where Bane is driving the car and he has his cute little fedora on. So, like, that's why I remembered it. Yeah. But, like, I I think for the first time, out of the numerous times I've watched that movie, I paid attention to what Poison Ivy was doing in that scene. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I ever noticed. Anyway, point is, I'm now very curious if there is uh, some sort of yet unearthed deleted scene from Batman and Robin that clears up this plot hole concerning Poison Ivy's wig. I hope so. I don't. I don't want to see anything more from that movie. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see you... We won't see you. You'll hear us next week and Destroy yeah. All Children. I've been Larry Davis for another week. Somehow. I'm, uh... I'm George Brundle. I mean, those are the identities we're using now. We can't guarantee they'll be the same next week, technically. No. Yeah, no, next week I'll be Fall Down Brundle. You'll hear me fall down, but you don't, won't see my no, nose. No, don't, you. don't. Oh, okay. F- like fall down bear. I thought you were pulling yeah. an Elizabeth Warren and a red facing <laughs> to try to advance your political career. <laughs> we'll be back next week. I mean, now that you bring it up, it doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Just try and get some of that casino money. Who can blame you? <laughs> we'll be back next week. Uh, and I'll come up on stage and start the whole podcast by saying, hey, how are ya? Goodbye, dinosaurs. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press 1. Come on, come on. Using your touchtone keypad, please enter the first three letters of the movie title now. You've selected Agent Zero. If that's correct, press 1. What? Uh, You've selected Brown-Eyed Girl. 
If this is correct, press one. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you selected? Channel? To find the theater nearest you, please enter your five-digit zip code now. Why don't you just tell me where you want to see the movie? Lowe's Paragon, 84th and Broadway. Channel is playing at the Paragon 84th Street Cinema in the main theater at 9.30 p.m. Yeah, now I got you. It's also playing in theater number two at 9 o'clock. 